everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. I am in the podcast studio with today's Devo writer, Mr. TJ Detweiler. Good morning, Team Jesus. Good morning, Emma. I uh, love that y'all are having me here. This is such a such an awesome opportunity. Oh, I'm I'm so glad you're here. We are wrapping up the book of Genesis. Genesis 50. If you've been tracking along daily, congratulations, you've made it. If you're a little behind and you're listening to this episode weeks later, that's great. We're still glad you're here. You did it. We're in Genesis 50, and I know you came prepared, TJ, with two big observations. Hit us with the first one. Wow, big observations from Genesis 50. Um, One of the reasons I love this chapter is it it wraps up a lot of Joseph's life, Mm -hmm. right? It wraps up a lot of what's been going on with the Pharaoh, what's been going on with the brothers, what's been going on with those relationships, um, what's going on to establish Israel as a nation. There's so much happening, and this wraps a lot of it up, but it's also very personal. Mm. It's not just big picture stuff. It's very personal, and a lot of personal lives also very personal to us. And there's this beautiful thing in chapter 50, verse 20, where it says, As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. It's a wonderful thing. I love this, and I chose this because this is so relatable to my life as well. Um, I grew up in a house that was chaotic. Mm. You know, my dad was an alcoholic, and my dad was violently abusive. And as a result of that, my life led into chaos because often we become the things that we're around. Um, and as much as I didn't like my dad, I became just like him. Hmm. And I, you were in Chicago at the In time? Chicago, yeah. Okay. Um, I, I grew up fast life, fast pace. I became an angry man. I became an alcoholic myself. Um, from that, it led into drug addiction, um, crime, 20 years of addiction from heroin and crystal meth and cocaine mm, and alcohol wow. and just chaos everywhere. And I remember many times through that, I remember blaming my father for my life, right? Saying, it's his fault. You did this to me. You mm. hurt me in these ways. You you gave me this example. You taught me to live like this. You put this anger and this violence inside of me. It's your fault. And most of my life, I blamed him for my circumstances. And even looking at this verse now, I can see it. There were times where I went, you did evil against me. And as a result, all of these bad things have happened to me. Mm. Right, and so when I read it, I can I can understand a lot of how Joseph's going through this process. He's saying, "You've done this to me, and because you betrayed me, because you put me in this pit, because you hurt me and sold me to slavery, because of that, all of these bad things are happening to me." Mm-hmm. Right, and I see that. But there's another beautiful thing that that happens because the Lord restores our lives when we give them to Him. Right, there was a point after 20 years of addiction. I'm 33 years old, and my best friend Ben knows that I just got released from prison. He had just given his life to the Lord and he starts praying for me. He says, Lord, anything short of death, you've got to break TJ's pride or he'll never see you. And two hours after he prays that, because I'm drinking, my heart stops. I drank myself to death, right? I'm in a coma for a week. I come out of that coma and I realize something needs to change. I almost died, right? And so I come from Chicago to Texas and I joined this discipleship ministry that he was working at. Why Texas? That's where my friend was. Okay. Yeah. And I figured he's done something different in his life. Something's new. Let me follow that. Let me Mm. come underneath this and see what's happening over there. He changed. Maybe I can too. Right. A month later, I gave my life to the Lord. Right. Six months later, I gave my life to ministry. Um, A few years later, I I go to seminary. Where'd you go? I went to Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. In Fort Worth. 
Yeah, and Fort Worth. It's always a mouthful to say that one. <laughs> yeah. um, all of these things, right? And, and here's the beautiful thing about it too. We see the second part of that verse, God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. He uses that pain, that betrayal, that slavery, all those things in Joseph's life to put him in a position to save the lives of many people. Hmm. My pain, my addiction, my abuse, all of those things that God did not like or condone yet happened to me, God now today uses those for the good of other people. Tell me about that. So when I first gave my life to the Lord, I realized that um, it wasn't just about me. I wanted to help other people to find the same hope that I had. Which is great. That's an apt response to the gospel. Yeah. It's this beautiful thing when I'm saying like, I wish somebody would have told me. I wish somebody would have shown me the way. I wish someone would have helped me somewhere in my chaos that could have got me here sooner. Like, did I really need to go through 20 years if someone would have just shared something with me or given me that example to follow? And so I'm like, let me be that person for others because there's a lot of people still stuck in addiction, a lot of people still stuck in pain, right? And so I start doing that and I stay on the same ministry for a few years and I start discipling men out of addiction. And then I go to seminary and then I get my call to preach and then through some other relationships, I end up at Our Calling in Dallas, actually through my wife. And for those who don't know what Our Calling is? Our Calling is a homeless ministry, and I'm a care minister there. Um, and I, I ask two questions all day long. I say, how can I get you off the streets, and how can I help you know Jesus? And that is the core of our entire ministry. It's beautiful. Yeah. We'll link that uh, in the description if anybody's interested in serving, jumping in. We'll put that there. What a— TJ, how do you think about forgiveness? I mean, Joseph's demonstrating this beautiful forgiveness toward his brothers. And in your own life, you identify with Joseph in that you had a family member who didn't treat you as God would have them. How do you reconcile that that piece? No, it's this, it's this wild thing. Like we think of forgiveness and we think of Jesus's words in John 13, 34. He says, a new command give you to love one another, right? Mm-hmm. And part of that is to forgive one another, right? And we think, I just need to forgive everybody. Um, but we don't realize in lives like Joseph's and also in lives like mine, like that forgiveness took time. Mm. Joseph wasn't in the pit right after his brothers beat him and threw him in there and saying, you know what? I just, I forgive you guys. It's good. Like I imagine him being in there and he's screaming out, why are you doing this to me? What have I done? Mm. How did I hurt you? What, why is this happening, right? He's not forgiving them on the spot. And he goes and, and he starts doing well at Potiphar's house and he's giving everything that God's given to help them, even though he's a slave. And then he gets betrayed again and he gets thrown in prison. Right. And he's not in prison going, you know what? It's cool, I forgive you. No, I imagine again, he's there going, why have you done this to me? Mm. What did I do to you, right? Yet all of these things that happened to him throughout years and years and years, it took time. And it comes to a point where God God finally reveals to him the purpose and the point of all of these things and what he was using this stuff for in his life. And that's when he says, you know what? I see how God has used the ways that you wanted to hurt me for his good. Forgiveness takes time. Hmm. I, I think you make a, a very interesting point because we can look at the scriptures and we're reading one, sometimes two chapters a day, and we can fail to realize that we're reading a story where these events are years apart, not just days. It's not just the next the next day he was in jail. The next day he was crushing it, working for Pharaoh. There's a lot of time that took place. But the the reality that forgiveness takes time, I could see someone hearing that and latching on thinking, oh, it's okay. 
that I'm struggling to forgive, which in one sense, yes, we are human. We're not Jesus. It's going to be hard. But I could see them latching onto that and thinking, oh, I now have an excuse to prolong my forgiveness because it's okay if I can't get there overnight. How would you counsel that person who uh, is looking for any excuse to not forgive? I would say it's not an excuse to avoid forgiveness Hmm. because in Joseph's life, it did take time. But there's this beautiful thing that wherever Joseph goes and whatever's happened to him, he still lives in excellence Hmm. and he still lives with faith in God. He's not wallowing in it. He's not. He doesn't go into slavery and and hate the entire world. He doesn't Mm. go there and curse his brothers every day and get into trouble with his master and refuse to do all these things called and just live in hatred and anger. He Mm -hmm. doesn't do that. He just goes there and says, you know what? Still have faith in God, still trust it. I'm going to use every ability he's given me to just make the best of my life where I am. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. There's a lot of times that we get this hurt and we think that this means I can just shut off the world and say, you know what? I'm still in this hurt. I'm not at a place of forgiveness yet, so I'm not going to do anything good for anybody. Mm. And sometimes we can get mad at God too and say, God, I'm not going to do anything good for you. I'm not going to follow you. I'm not going to read your word. I'm not going to pray and talk to you. I'm not going to do any of these things for you because you let that person hurt me and I'm not at a place of forgiveness yet. And that's a bad spot to be. Mm, it's tough. It's challenging, though. Easier said than done. It sure is. We've got probably about 30 seconds left. Any final words of encouragement that you'd want to leave the listeners with? Final words of encouragement. Jesus loves you. There are times in our day where the world is going to show so many things to us. It's going to throw so many things at us that deny that truth. Um, There are times where our sin, our flesh, our addictions, whether it's drugs or food or TV or whatever, our addictions are going to deny that truth. They're going to deny that Jesus loves me. They're going to deny that I love Jesus. They're going to deny that God can do anything good out of this mess. The truth is Jesus loves you. Jesus wants good for your life. Jesus wants to use the hurt that people have caused in your life to benefit you and other people. That's truth. So good. So strong. TJ, thank you for being here. And as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe, because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.